Welcome to Dead Talk Live. I am your host, Viz. Today, we are joined by director Brandon Slagle, whose new movie, The Flood, is coming to theaters and on demand July 14th. Brandon, thank you for joining us today. How's it going? Uh, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's going good. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm glad to be here because at one point I thought I was going to be in Asia doing another movie, and I'm kind of on hold waiting. So we I get out. to talk to you. More fine people, yes. It worked out. So let's get right to it. The Flood, uh, I found it really entertaining, a fun movie. You bring to, I mean, it brings together a 50-year storm, a prisoner transfer, jailbreak, and, of course, man-eating alligators. So I have to ask you, when the concept was first presented to you, what were some of the thoughts that ran through your mind? Um, so originally, a different director was doing it, and... I had done this company's previous movie called Battle for Saipan, which is a martial arts World War II movie. And um, the director had a uh, conflict. So the producer, Damon, called me and said, hey, do you want to go back to Thailand and film? We have a, a movie that your friend Chad Law wrote. And Chad is a prolific action movie writer. He's mm -hmm. been around 12, 15 years. And, um, and he co-wrote this with his uh, a writing partner named Josh Ridgeway. And Chad and I had been trying to do something together for years, and it just never really quite came to fruition, although a couple things did come close. So I really said um, said yes at that. Um, I'll do it, just you know, because I love shooting uh, in Thailand, and, and Chad and I could finally do something together. And then he went on to say, okay, there's going to be CGI gators and – constant and flooded sets and constant rain um <laughs> i mean speaking so, of that how was it working because the water was real at least the what the, yes. the water you guys were stepping in and stuff uh yeah. how uncomfortable was that for you and the cast having to work in water pretty much the entire time it was so when people see this movie they'll notice that there's some sort of water element from like frame one um, it was definitely a challenge which none of us could have predicted. Um, we had, you know, the giant rain machines you see in big movies. We had uh, leaks from the ceilings. We had water bars in the windows, or or we had, you know, some some type of water element was literally in just about every scene yeah. of the movie, um, and even even scenes where it's not like visibly raining, um, the floor was wet, and and so on and so forth. So it, I, I'm used to shooting really quickly, and <laughs> so there was a big learning curve with the uh, setup time between every shot. For instance, you either have to drain things to maintain continuity, or um, you know there was a. Most people in Thailand speak pretty good English, but mm -hmm. sometimes there'd be a slight language barrier, and we'd get more rain when we need less rain, and vice versa. Um, and also, let, let me tell you, so shooting in that jail set that which was a, a set that we built it wasn't something that existed uh -huh. um was ridiculous because um you know it, it fills up to almost everyone's chest and there was no way out because you can't just have a door you walk out exactly. of because you know, the, the water goes away so the only way in and out was a ladder that went over the set oh my god and when you have 100 crew members and 20 cast coming in and out all the time you kind of get impatient so i just stayed there wearing <laughs> "Quote unquote water shoes," and uh, I can imagine I, you at the end of the day looking like a giant raisin. Oh yeah, it was actually worse than that. I looked like I had craters and like 
huge holes in my feet. <laughs> like someone took one of those big sewing needles that you use for yarn and just stabbed me a bunch uh, of times. Not, um, and my skin was peeling. I, I think that was because the type of chlorine that they use there is is stronger and, you know, we're not used to it here. Yeah. Um, but like every single day was a learning experience with the water. It was really a if if we had real alligators there, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be as scared of them as I was the water. Oh my god! Because the water was that was that crazy. I can imagine. Now you mentioned the CGI, which this movie has some pretty cool CGI effects in it. Uh, how did you keep your actors focused uh, when they're interacting, like with the CGI alligators, for example, when they have nothing physically there? Do you have a technique when you're working with a lot of CGI to keep your actors focused? So uh, a, a number of the actors, you know, Casper, of course, being one of them, had had worked with, you know, invisible characters before, obviously, mm -hmm. as being Star Trek troopers. Um, so it, it really came down to a certain trust level between myself, the actors, uh, the director of photography, Nico, and the rest of the crew. So we had to, you know, that they trusted that I was, you know, making sure they were all looking at the same object or they were reacting to the same space, had the same spatial awareness, um, and that it was being photographed properly. Um, but we, we actually, it was actually fairly easy, but I think it's because so much of the movie was done in tight corridors. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, like, um, like one of the Transformers movies, you would have like a, a robot in the middle of the desert. So you have to make sure everyone's looking at this tennis ball that's, um, Exactly. You know, on a, on a stick in the middle of the desert. But because everything, you know, are, are in this are like narrow hallways or, or rooms, it, it wasn't too it wasn't too hard to, to understand the spatial awareness that we needed for the gators. Now, you mentioned uh, the veteran actors, Casper uh, Van Dien, who was a previous guest of ours, of course, Nikki Whelan. Uh, they play the two main leads. Uh, like I said, two veteran actors. When they were cast, did you basically have some initial conversations and then just got out of the way and let them do their thing? So they were both actually already on the movie when I Sorry, came on. I don't have an um, answer for that. Sorry about that. Alexa decided oh. to chime in. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad Alexa doesn't know my inner thoughts. Good. Um, uh, so Casper and Nikki were both already on the movie when I came on. Nikki had done a, another movie with uh, the production company that had sharks. So she, you know, kind of knew the gist of it. And then um, Casper and I already knew each other because he was in the other movie I did with his company, Battle for Saipan, and we became uh, good friends. Nice. So it's, it, Casper knew already how I, I worked, um, and then Nikki fell into it really easily. I think some of that could be that I tend to get along with Australian actors very well. I don't know. <laughs> um, obviously, I had Louis Mandelow there, who I can't seem to get rid of because we have, like, seven dozen films right now um but actually but mentioning him he's kind of my anchor in some of these where if i don't know a lot of the cast already um it's very easy to kind of drop him in the middle of it and the two nice. of us build a rapport with everybody it's great that you have a close relationship with him now in glimpses through the film we see a softer side to the prisoners um their human side, let's say. Why is that important for the audience to see? Uh, do you want them to develop some kind of sympathy for the prisoners and relate to the situation that they're in currently and they all have to work together? Yeah. So it's not so much sympathy for the prisoners because obviously some of these guys did some pretty bad stuff. Mm -hmm. It's more to make them into real people because 
and you've you've probably heard that that um, saying that you know you've probably walked past a serial killer six times in your life, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. When you've walked past them, did they kill you, or was it like, <laughs> uh, did you have a friendly conversation with them, or no interaction at all? You know, people are people. Yeah. And they're not evil one hundred percent of the time. I mean, I guess maybe some people are, but you know, people don't generate. People have those moments where they're not, you know, a, a summation of what their image or what people think they are happens and you know a, a criminal will have a, a moment where he pets a kitten exactly um, you know you, it actually goes back to you know frankenstein where he's this monster who you know ultimately he drowns the little girl but he develops like this friendship with her mm -hmm. or, or something at first um and so these these movies aren't necessarily sold on giving nuance to the characters you know they're sold on the cast and the concept and such but to me that's the stuff like for me and, and to the actors that we enjoy um and actually some of them like bear williams for instance who plays angelo the tall one who's um in there for uh murder one actually thanked me at the end for allowing them to have nuance and and it's not like big stuff that steal you know overtakes the movie it's just like you know subtle motions or looks with their eyes or yeah. things like that just make them people because you know like i said a murderer someone killed someone one time they're not just going to stand there seething like yeah it's going to kill look um, at people to, like ted bundy he was like the most charming normal guy you could ever see exactly i actually actually that's spoilers for a different project i almost <laughs> um but yeah, the, uh, him, Charles Manson, who I yeah. actually did a, a movie on about 10 years ago called House of Manson, there, I actually, to go back to that, I, I actually originally had no interest in doing it until I saw uh, film footage of Manson being vulnerable. Mm. Um, it was actually him being led to the uh, courtroom and reporters jumped on him kind of paparazzi style. And rather than, you know, the big kind of raving personality that he would put on for uh, interviews from prison he was just this like kind of vulnerable shy guy i'm like there's a story there, there so yeah. you know you gotta some people don't appreciate it and they think you're glorifying bad people but to me you're indebted to tell that side of someone's story when you're making a movie about unsavory people and the reason i bring it up is uh towards the beginning of the film when we're getting introduced to the prisoners you put on the screen what they're in jail for you know uh cop killer, murder one, uh, drugs, whatever. Uh, and the reason I ask is, was that important for us to know their crimes and why they're in prison? I mean, was that in the script or was that something that you wanted to add to the film? So that's actually something I did not add. Um, producers added it. Okay. Um, I, I think it's because, um, I, I understand the reasoning, it's because these people are sort of laid out with no context for about 20 minutes of the movie. Okay. Um, in, in my opinion though, um, and, and I, I mean no ill will because, you know, movie, movie making is a collaborative process. Yeah. I felt that the way that I, I felt their posturing and body language kind of conveyed that these are guys you don't want to mess with. Exactly. I mean, these guys were huge. Now going to Russell Casper's character, he is a convicted cop killer. Okay. And throughout the whole movie, he is accused as a cop killer by everyone, right to his face. He never denies it, okay? He never tries to proclaim his innocence or anything like that. For you, what message does that convey for Russell as a character? What does that say about him for you? I think he's someone who 
and you know once people see the movie they'll see more about what you're talking about um and another layer to it but i think it just shows that he's someone who uh, has accepted the life that he's led mm -hmm. and then he's one of the characters that rides more of a, a gray area too um perhaps more so than, than the rest of them but he, he's he's but he's someone who isn't um he's accepted his fate and he's going to do his time because he's accepted that he probably messed up now when you were filming him and his and his, his scenes with nikki uh did you sort of were you in conflict conflict with yourself as how you wanted him to be portrayed as really sort of a a guy who's a knows he's done wrong and is trying to do right did you want to depict him just being a uh, kind of bad at first and then softening up uh his character mm -hmm. was pretty uh, smooth and even throughout the whole film which i think was the right way to go uh did you have any conflicts on how you wanted to portray russell not really um and it, it's deliberate that he's relatively quiet through a lot of the movie mm -hmm. which anyone who knows casper spoken to him or sees him in other things knows that he talks a mile a minute um so it 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 showed a different side to him than you, you normally see and i actually think he's been able he's he's very underrated and been able to do a lot of really good like character work the past few years that yeah. maybe people didn't think he had in him because you know he's like pretty guy kind of looks like a ken doll um but has this like really cool character actor side of him that i think is really just getting a workout in the last few years i just spoke to him just a few weeks ago he's a he's one of the nicest guys now we got to talk yeah. about nikki whelan as uh sheriff joe she's a real badass and we're not going to give any spoilers but that's demonstrated mm -hmm. in the movie um do you feel she's just a woman sheriff was always constantly trying to prove to the world that she has the title of sheriff because she earned it and she belongs yes. there. Yes. Um, it's, it's very much intentional that, you know, her, her, that she, that her character does deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. But as you know, is in the world, sometimes people, um, either underestimate her because of her gender or because um, her the character's father was the sheriff prior. Yeah. Um, so really, it's, um, it's obviously, you know, she's her father's daughter and earned her position. But, you know, people are just skeptical by, by nature. Um, it, it, this could be a whole other uh, show. I got you. Um, I got you. But yeah, yeah. Very, very, it's very um, precise and intentional that she is presented the way that she is. And actually, um, the first time you see her doing paperwork in her office, um, the camera language, like at the end of the scene, she gets up and leaves and the camera um, keeps going in on the chair. And that's really my way to show that, you know, this is a position earned. Yeah, exactly. Now, one of the scenes that involved Nikki that really stuck out to me was between her and Kim, Kim DeLonghi, Eva, who plays the character Eva. When Eva is uh, has uh, the sheriff and they're going down the steps and Eva tells the, the sheriff, you know, I could have been a cop, okay? I saw that scene, I saw that dialogue between the two of them as the character of Eva sort of saying, you know, you, you know, she's sort of looking at the sheriff with envy. You know, if I had a yeah. happy dad, a happy family, 
I could have been a cop as well. And it says a lot about those two women. What are your thoughts of that dialogue between those two? So we actually shot that scene. I'll say most of the most of the shooting schedule were overnights. We'd shoot like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. And we shot that at the sun was rising um, at the end of the day. And at the time we were, all of us were looking at each other like, is, is, this, is this working? Does it seem necessary? Um, and then of course, later on when you actually see the footage, I don't know if it was because everyone was tired or we were just kind of out of our heads and um, it well, worked. I guess tired. Um, it, 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 something about it really clicked. Yeah. I think a lot of it is, is the way is, not so much the dialogue, but their their eyes locking and kind of the way they're standoffish, but they're not at the same time. There's almost like a comfort level there, even though there's obviously envy and and other things at play. And as the audience, for me, I was watching those two, and I'm like, they could they could mirror each other. One could easily yeah. be in the other one's shoes. Just the situation was different for them in their earlier life. Now the character yeah. of Rafe. Uh, he is a fascinating character who sort of, his motivations are kept ambiguous uh, slightly. We really don't know what his end goal is, especially in regard to Russell. Uh, yeah. Was that done intentionally to keep sort of the audience guessing in regards to what is this guy after? What's his end game there? He's, it's really, it, it is intentional actually. And there's some stuff that we actually improvised um, towards the end of the movie in their final face-off yeah. that felt sort of tied in their story nicely. And I won't give it away, of course, but hopefully it shows what more of what Rafe's true intention was the entire time. Like these people that he's working with, does he really need them? Mm -hmm. Are they interchangeable? Um, are there certain skills that he needs at the time? And then he's just going to go on his way. What's he going to do next? Exactly. Um, and Lewis is good at, at portraying these very like subtle kind of read between the lines type things um, where, you know, he doesn't need to have a soliloquy or a monologue about his motivations. You can tell it what it is by just looking at him. Well, you know, he's got that Mandalore blood in him. So, you know, acting yeah. comes, yeah. <laughs> acting comes. Mandalore blood. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you again, Brandon. This has been a great conversation. The last 20 minutes have flown by again, guys, the movie is called the flood. It is premiering in theaters and on demand a week from today, July 14th. Yeah, so make sure to check it out. This is a fun film. It's going to keep you on the edge of your seat. There's a lot of fun action. It's got a little bit of, a, of everything, so definitely check it out. I want to thank our audience, uh, those of you who are tuned in live and those who will be watching this later on. On behalf of Brandon my, and myself, stay safe and stay walking. Bye, everybody. Yeah.